G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Talk, the opinions, the panel. Very pleased to say we have Sam Hewitt with us this morning of SENZ fame, Brad Lewis with us as well, and uh, Brad, let's stay on the subject of pugilism, shall we? Because we've just had uh, um, Mike Lightning, Mike Angove on uh, with his predictions and uh, talking about uh, this upcoming weekend of, of fighting, and there's plenty on. Uh, Adesanya and Whitaker, a rematch. Yeah, look, uh, obviously Mike a little bit more qualified than myself, given the fact that he spars with Izzy on a weekly basis. But uh, man, this is um, this is a hell of a fight for Izzy. Uh, and I've just been looking back this morning at, at the history of rematches in the UFC, and uh, you know it's about seventy-five percent of the time that the person that lost the first fight won the second fight. Uh, and uh, you know they make the adjustments needed. In recent history, Stepe Miocic beat Daniel Cormier in the rematch. Um, you know Brandon Moreno beat Davison Figueroa, and then Figueroa to beat him in a rematch. Uh, so, so, yeah, um, and Randy Couture and Chuck Liddell dating back many, many years ago. So, you know, everyone's talking about the changes that Robert Whitaker has made to his game, and, and look, he was already an elite fighter, and I believe these two are, are so far above the rest in the middleweight division that, that it's not even funny. There's just such a massive gap between these two and the rest. But as Izzy's pointed out all week, Smithy, he has also made adjustments to his game. And it's not like he's been sitting there and, and, and just resting on his laurels for the last three years. He's a, he's a more dynamic fighter than he was when he knocked out Robert Whitaker um, a couple of years ago. So, look, hard, hard fight to pick. Robert brings um, a, a wrestling pedigree to, his, um, to, to, the, to the fight that he didn't bring the first time around. But, you know, Izzy's just so good at nullifying the strengths of great fighters. Um, it's just hard to pick against him when he's been so dominant as a champion. And we've got a, another two uh, fighters on the card as, as well. Uh, Brad, uh, what do you know of, uh, new name for me anyway, unusual name, Blood Diamond uh, and Carlos Ulberg? Well, Carlos Albert has got a great story, Smithy, because he uh, was very close to becoming The Bachelor on, on New Zealand reality TV until Eugene Behrman told him to pick between television and girls and fighting, and he uh, he chose the fighting realm. He came into the UFC with much hype. He lost his first fight, kind of got sucked into a bit of a war, and he's a very technical striker. He's a very powerful man, uh, and if he sticks to his game plan, um, there's not a lot of guys in the division that will be able to handle his power. I like him in that fight. Um, and Blood Diamond, yeah... Um, um, formerly Mike Diamond uh, changed his name recently. Uh, he's got he's a similar story to Izzy. Come came from an African country, uh, was bullied at school and all that sort of stuff, and has sort of turned himself into one of the best strikers in New Zealand in terms of all round game. Uh, and he is he he comes into the UFC with a lot of hype, and I think New Zealand should really get behind this guy because he could be the the second coming of Israel Adesanya, and we could have another UFC champion a couple of years away from being crowned. Exciting times, uh, of course, and uh, uh, King of the Ring as well. So big, big weekend coming up for uh, fans of the fight game. I'm not sure if you're uh, one of those, Sam Hewitt. I know you're a cricket fan, um, and I, I, hasten, I, well, I hesitate to ask you this question, but I've, I've heard through the grapevine you had a, a weird 
cricketing <laughs> dream the other night. I did. I had to tell you about this, Smithy. Had a dream last night. And um, what you need to know about me is I have very, very vivid dreams that I do remember when I wake up. A lot of people don't remember their dreams. And last night, Smithy, um, I was playing a game of cricket and I was facing Mitchell Stark, um, which is probably, you know, that's when you know it's a dream. And um, But I was doing okay. And I was playing. I was just playing around the park, few singles, few, few doubles. And, and the thing with me, Smithy, is that I've never been, I've played a bit of social cricket. I've never been one uh, to launch the ball over the boundary, both six mm. or four. Um, and so, you know, I was just playing my through, but I wasn't getting out. And um, then my partner ran me out. Could have been Ross Taylor, can't confirm or deny, but my partner ran me out. And as I went off the pitch, um, everyone was coming up to me and congratulating me and saying, mate, great innings, well done. And I'm thinking, gee, I don't, you know, it's a dream, I don't actually know what I did. But I got off the pitch and I looked at the scorecard and sure enough, 49 from 50 balls. And I'm thinking, you know, everyone's ripping the guys that plays the single and the doubles, here I am getting 49. And I looked further across the scoreboard, it had my lifetime average and it was 52. Mm. And, I, and, I, and all the rest of the team, you know, they were in the 30s and the 20s. So at this point in time, it's a very good dream. But then I look over to my career strike rate, and it's 12.3. <laughs> and I'm just wondering, Smitty, I'm just wondering, am I the answer uh, to Kane Williamson um, not being in the squad for South Africa? Just putting it out there. Well, I'm... I'm not sure that you're the answer with a strike rate of 12.3. I mean... But the average, Smitty. Tell us what... Do you, do you read wisdom before you go to sleep or something? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it's not even... I'm actually surprised I remember the numbers. The, the run-out was more vivid, um, to be honest, than the numbers. So I might have cooked those numbers a little bit. Um, but, um, yeah, no, it was a good dream to have somebody. And uh, probably just topical, because I was thinking about the Black Caps squad before I went to bed, so maybe that's why it uh, crept in. Oh, I was going to say, when you woke up, Sam, uh, to your dismay, you weren't in the Black Cap squad, but what have you made of it for the first test against South Africa? <laughs> yes. Um, look, Smithy, I, it's actually quite interesting because I saw a few um, a few headlines that have come out sort of see, you know, shock selections. And I don't know if they're really shocks when you've got, you know, Kane out with injury, Roscoe obviously retiring. So, you know, you had to obviously bring guys in. And when I look at the squad you know, on paper, I actually still think it's a very strong squad, Smithy. I mean, the batting order, you know, we've still sort of got our openers and you might have to move guys like Conway and that, you know, around a little bit, but it's still a strong batting lineup. And then with the bowlers, you know, we've got Matt Henry, I guess, is a bit of a sort of line and length bowler. You've got Cole Jamison who can do his thing, Neil Wagner who can do his thing. And, um, yeah, I'm obviously excited to see, um, to see Tickner in there as well. So I actually think it's a, it's quite a strong, um, squad. Um, and just for a little bit of uh, since we were talking about stats before, um, so maybe this one isn't from Adrian, this is from Crick Info. Um, do you know South Africa, the last time they drew a test match was against New Zealand uh, back in 2017. All their other test matches have been wins or losses. So they're not a team that, really? they're not a team that plays for a draw. Okay. Uh, I'll bear that in mind, actually. Uh, I'm going to ask Brad too uh, in a second or two. We're going to go for the news, uh, Brad. I'll come back and ask you about your thoughts about the Black Cap squad and uh, the uh, uh, the inclusion of, of the new players in particular. No Trent Bold again. And what about um, this Kane Williamson? Well, Gary Steele was a little bit more clear on it this morning. Uh, it's a real issue. I really do think it's a big issue going forward. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Sam Hewitt and... Brad Lewis uh, with us this morning. Uh, Brad, uh, I guess you've had a chance to run your, your thumb over that Black Caps uh, test squad. Any surprises for you? 
Um, uh, yes and no. Like, uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad that Gronholm was back in the team. He, uh, I talked about this with you last time, Smithy, but they just kind of uh, lost that balance without Colin de Gronholm on the side. And I think he'll play uh, because he's the only player really out of that team capable of batting six and um, six or seven and, 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 and getting wickets as well. He, he's, uh, and I think with both tests being at Hagley, there'll be no spinner as well. So I, I don't think Ratch and Ravindra will get a game, which is why AJ probably hasn't been picked. But I just would have liked to see Glenn Phillips included. Uh, that's just a, a personal opinion. Uh, Hamish Rutherford, we're going, I know he's, he's been fantastic this season, um, but I feel like, you know, Phillips had that 52 against Australia and Sydney. I know he was, was pretty lucky throughout the innings, but he's just got something about him. And without Kane Williamson, who's, you know, <laughs> one of the top two batsmen on the planet, arguably the greatest player New Zealand's ever produced. Uh, I just feel like you need something a little bit extra. Uh, and um, it's interesting, it'll be really interesting to see how the batting lineup plays out, actually. That's what I'm I'm most interested in, is how Gary Stead's going to put that top six, top seven together, because Blundell's going to be in there somewhere. I don't know about you, probably got a better idea of it yourself, but, but just Williamson leaves just a massive hole against... Well, what, I would, what, what I would look at is probably being the second or third best bowling attack in the world right now. Well, it seems uh, we spoke to Gary uh, around about uh, an hour ago and, and it seems as if, from what he was saying, that Young will open with Latham, uh, Conway will bat three. It's the four and five spot, uh, Sam Hewitt, which is uh, of interest uh, because no Ross Taylor forever. Um, Kane Williamson coming and going, uh, which is a massive issue. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I, I would like to see Nichols at four. I think it's time for him to... Just step up a bit further. I agree. Um, I This is what I said when I saw the team come out. I was talking to Steph about it, and I said, you know, yeah, move a few guys. The top order looks okay. It is the middle um, that, that we probably are going to find out a few things. But I'm almost – I'm actually okay with it as well, Smithy, because I sort of – you have to move on at some stage. We need to we need to know whether these guys can play, you know, in those positions. So I don't have a problem with moving guys around. And on the Kane Williamson thing, um, it is interesting because – I don't know how you sort of interpreted the story, Smithy, but I interpreted it back in um, back in the Bangladesh series. I was under the impression that the reason why he set out at that series was so that he would be ready for this series. Um, so now we're sort of left questioning, was the right call, mate? I'm not sure. But um, did he go through surgery in the end or was it just rehab? No. No, he won't. And he will, I've looked at that. I've, apparently they've had two, uh, at least two opinions from overseas surgeons as well that said, uh, no. Uh, don't operate. It's a mm. tendon issue, uh, more so than uh, anything too structural or anything to that point. And it's it's a tendon thing which just requires rest and recuperation from time to time. Um, could be uh, a, an expensive exercise if it doesn't if he does play say against the Netherlands. Um, and then of course um, you can't go to the IPL. So I guess mm. you know with your bank balance in mind and that sort of thing, you got to weigh up a lot of things and. And Trent Bolt, of course, not there uh, either, but the, the birth of uh, his third child. So, uh, I mean, just the landscape, um, Sam, changes all the time, doesn't it, with the way life changes? Yeah, and, and um, I guess maybe we've been in a little bit of a false sense of security, Smithy, because we've just had this team that you can almost name, it's, that almost names itself, you know, with every test series. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time that, you know, we're starting to have to make some big calls because guys just aren't there. Ross Taylor, obviously, is the big one. But, yeah, no Kane, no Trent. So, um, yeah, maybe it's just a bit of a shift um, for New Zealand cricket, and, and we're just going to see a, a bit of a different team over the next, you know, year or two. 
Maybe we are. Uh, Brad, I, I'm interested to uh, to watch the reaction of, of the fallout across the Tasman. I just love it when Australia uh, is in trouble, it seems. <laughs> uh, I don't think, uh, oh, I really don't think Justin Langer realised he had that many friends um, in the game. I mean, he knows he's got none in the dressing room, but pretty much every single comment has been in support of Justin Langer and anti-Cricket Australia. Yeah, and anti-Pat Cummins, who's probably the most likeable Australian cricket captain in history, Smithy, uh, you know, at least from my perspective from afar, he just seems like a really nice guy and, and plays his cricket in the right way. Uh, but obviously there's been some stuff brewing behind the scenes that was rumoured and was talked about. Langer's position was under threat ahead of the T20 World Cup. Uh, but, I mean, like, he'd be the most wanted coach in the world right now. I mean, I could, I, I would imagine that England's probably going to throw the bank at a guy like Justin Langer to see if they could try and convince him to come and coach them. I know Darren Lehman's name has been linked with that job as well, so it's interesting to see where they go. But, uh, yeah, uh, just <laughs> like you said, it's enjoyable when Australia's, when Australian cricket is, is going through issues. Shane Warne um, on Fox Sport this morning was saying some, some pretty some pretty big stuff himself. So, yeah, uh, interesting times. And I guess Trevor Bayliss is probably the, the, the coach that the players want. And that, that's where the problem lies for me, Smithy. And look, I don't know if ever in your career you had a, you, you, you and the, you and Paddles and, and Jerry, Jerry Coney got together and decided who you wanted to coach your team. But that, that for me is where the problem lies is that, you know, the, the players want a certain coach uh, and, and they're going to get their way. Well, they want a happy dressing room. You know, they want a nice, relaxed dressing room where they don't get any pressure and they want to be able to approach practice and, um, you know, all that sort of preparation at their own speed and they, they don't want to be told what to do, where and when. And, and you know, that's just, oh, I don't know whether, that, whether that's a general sport thing, an upbringing thing or whatever, or a generational thing, but... Uh, by and large, I mean, you give a guy a job to do that, like Cricket Australia gave Justin Langer, and that was to turn the team around, get some discipline back into it, uh, get the, 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 you know, the face of Australian cricket a little bit more appealing around the world. He's done exactly that and picked up world titles mm. in the ashes along the way. And the first thing you do to thank him is to get rid of him. And uh, whilst they say they offered him a contract, it was a token gesture. There's no doubt about it. Uh, they did not want him there because the players did not want him there. It's as simple as that. Uh, let's move on then. Um, let's, uh, Sam, uh, let's get uh, the most out of Reese Walsh while we can because oh. uh, just uh, comments in the last day or so suggest it won't be forever. Mm. Oh, Smithy, it's hard as a Warriors fan um, to hear yet another good player of ours looking to move on. I sort of said from the start with Reese Walsh, we. We're going to lose him as soon as his contract runs out. We were never going to hold him. He's a superstar. You know, a, a big club with a lot of money is going to pull him a lot easier than the Warriors are. So I just thought, you know, at the end of his three, four-year deal, whatever it was originally, we were going to lose him. So I knew that was going to happen. But the idea that it may happen sooner rather than later and the idea that he is uncomfortable with the Warriors and that's why he wants to move is the concerning part. Smithy, I've always said, well, not always, but the last couple of years I've said the Warriors have never, since 2011, have never gotten out, have never worked out whether they're rebuilding or whether they're a premiership side. And when we were in 2018 and we had Roger Tuivasa-Sheck and we had Sean Johnson and we made the finals before losing to the Panthers, it seemed like we were building a side then that was going to challenge for a premiership. We were only two points out of the top four at that, in that season. Um, but then the year after, we lose Sean Johnson. The year after that, Roger Tuivasa-Sheck announces his leaving. And it's, I never understand with the Warriors, are we building a team that will win a premiership or are we at the point where a team can win a premiership? And, and you know, Reese Walsh is just another question mark for me as to what, what are we doing? 
Well, history might say neither, um, Sam. History might just say neither. Uh, Brad, uh, Winter Olympics, uh, have you been watching any of it? Yeah, obviously uh, with, with work, Smithy, we kind of have to, right? But uh, I've actually really enjoyed it. I watched. Uh, I ended up watching the whole big air competition yesterday, both the men's and the women's. Just fantastic what those mm. what those athletes can do. Um, the the speed skating, I always find a riot, and and also the curling. I mean, that just kind of draws you in, doesn't it? You just sort of sit there and and like <laughs> it's it's an amazing, it's a sport I would never play, but it is a sport I, I enjoy watching. Um, it's just unique, and the biathlon, unbelievable that they they ski around a, a long distance course and then <laughs> shoot targets. Um, it's it's thoroughly enjoyable, and obviously Zoe Sadowski's going to is an absolute superstar of New Zealand sport. Um, just phenomenal what she's achieved uh, in her young years as a human, and uh, more to come from her. Uh, unbelievable what, what she's achieved, and, and that's kind of um, put a ribbon on, on on the first three or four days of the of the games. Well, Sam, while you used to were dreaming about fa- facing Mitchell Stark, I was actually wide awake at 2.30 this morning watching <laughs> the curling, believe it or not, uh, and it was so good I couldn't go to sleep, so... Uh, call me weird, but uh, that's getting me going at the moment, curling. Uh, I've got to ask you, Sam, before we let you go, we're, we're doing a bit of a Mount Rushmore this morning on weird team names. Have you got any? Oh, Smithy, this is absolutely in my wheelhouse um, when JD sent this topic through. I'm sure there is some sports team in, in like Central Europe or Eastern Europe that has a really weird name, but I honestly think the Americans... The names are synonymous with some of these leagues. When you talk about the NFL, think you know teams like the Packers. When you talk about the NBA, you think about the Lakers and the Clippers. But when you actually look at those names, like what is a Laker? What is actually a Laker? It's an iconic name, but what is a Laker? A Packer. And Staffy was trying to tell me, oh, you know, they're cheese Packers. But who calls themselves the Packers? We pack cheese, we'll call ourselves Packers. The best one for me, though, Smithy, or the worst one, I should say, is the Houston Texans. Now, can you imagine the Chiefs in Super Rugby being called the Hamilton Waikatoes? Because it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and the Columbus Blue Jackets, oh, which is a which is a team that that Sammy will be well aware of. The Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, what is a blue jacket? Yeah, it's like the CEO just looked around the room and said, "Well, look, we're all wearing the same thing." There's a, there's a team in the WNBA as well called the Chicago Sky. I mean, is, could you get any more unoriginal than walking outside and going? It's either got to be the grass or the sky, fellas. We'll go with the sky. <laughs> Chicago grass might have been outruled by now. Mind, mind you, it might be legal in Chicago. <laughs> it changes from state. It changes from state to state. Uh, well, what about what's the, a seven, the Tasmanian What's a seventy sixer? What's a seventy sixer? Can yeah. someone tell me what a seventy sixer? Yeah, well, yeah, well, uh, I'm not going to go any further than that because all sorts of number com- combinations might come up and we might get ourselves in deep trouble, Brad. <laughs> What's a jack jumper? What's a Tasmanian jack jumper? Pass. It's a poisonous ant. There you go. Iconic. And it comes from Tasmania. A venomous ant. Highly venomous <laughs> ant from Tasmania. It's better than a laker. <laughs> uh, better than a laker, yeah. Okay, fellas, what's on a, that subject. An, what's uh, an orphan blue? Uh, yeah, well, that's true. What it's is an emotion. blue? Um, he's, yep. In Auckland Blue is a, a disappointed rugby player about April every year. <laughs> uh, anyway, here's the thing. Uh, 10, 10.44, we've got to say goodbye. We could keep going with these names forever. It's great. Uh, thanks very much, Brad, uh, for uh, your input uh, and also to you, Sam, making yourself available. Great stuff, fellas. Um, we'll have another panel uh, tomorrow morning.